This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Network, Monzo and Melissa with you. Another weekend of horse racing in the books. We got another big weekend coming up. Moose, and as we get ready for the holiday season, going to Christmas shows last night. Um, we talked about this last week. You know, the racing gets a little lesser um, in terms of quality, but like, you know, racing doesn't end. So even on weekends where Maybe not the greatest of stakes races, not the, the biggest of stakes races. Some of the parks you traditionally will play um, have you know, mostly claiming races, whatever. The sport goes on, and there's plenty of races to play, and there's plenty of money to be made. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, there's listen, there's always money to be made. Um, if you do your due diligence, take the time and, and look at, uh, you know, a number of factors. Um, not every race is playable. We know that. That's number one. Uh, you can't look at – I don't specifically go out there and look at every race as being a playable race. Uh, number two is you got to find the value. you got to recognize where there are weak favorites. Um, you got to w- recognize where maybe the public is wrong and then take advantage of it. Um, that's what makes days so special when you look at, you know, the Breeders' Cup or uh, Derby Day, uh, Preakness Day to a lesser extent because the undercard is not as great. The Belmont Racing Festival, I know it's going to be up at Saratoga this year, but um, you know those couple of days is that you're having big fields, great value, uh, where you're going to get quality thoroughbreds at at really good odds, and you just have to you know try and be right more often than not. You're not going to be right all the time. Uh, some of your opinions are going to be dead wrong, and you know I'm. You know, last week I came close uh, in the three races we picked. I think I ran second once, third another time. Um, thought I had uh, the horse Palm Tree in the in the Gulfstream Park uh, uh, race, uh, and he got tracked down in the final hundred yards and finished third in that race. But still, uh, in the end, uh, it's it's a great you know use your you know your knowledge and information and and uh, and try and find some winners, but. Uh, we got three races to do today coming from uh, Oakland Park, which I'm excited about. Yeah, plenty of racing around the country. I thought that the late pick three was a good scenario we could look at. First off, I think it's Oakland's got some of the best racing going right now. You're not going to be affected at all by the weather because there's no turf racing. So you're guaranteed to be on the dirt, and that's what they do at Oakland. And the late pick three features a stakes race and two optional claiming races of, of pretty good you know purses for this time of year, good riders, quality horses, good trainers. So I thought this was a scenario we could play, try to connect the pick three. We're going to start with race eight on Saturday at Oklahoma, which is an optional claiming event. Six furlongs on the dirt moose, a relatively large field considering the time of year. And uh, you mentioned as we were talking, Nautical Stars running as your five and two morning line favorite. Excel stayed for a half. Our Magnac, a horse that ran in the Preakness last year, Vulcan. So some good middle of the ground horses here. 
Um, I think Nautical Star is a beatable favorite. Did you look elsewhere, or uh, were you stuck thinking he's the best? No, I mean, I, I think he's, I think oh, he's yeah. interesting. I do. Um, I went, I went into, I went with the eight, stayed in for half uh, for Steve Asmussen, Vasquez aboard, going turf to dirt. Uh, it's run twice at Oakland Park, ran first and second in those occasions. One for three at the distance, two out of three at the distance, um, running in for the, you know, finishing in the money, four to one on the morning line. Um, I think if you go back, you got to dig a little deeper uh, into the past performances. Um, you know, it does have a ton of experience uh, racing at six furlongs, but I think there's a reason why the horse is here. Um, has had some success running on the dirt before. Uh, you go back at uh, Remington Park, uh, ran at six furlongs, didn't really run particularly well uh, in the Vance for 100K. Five and a half furlongs the race before uh, when Gate to Wire with Stuart Elliott board, won that race by four and a half with a nine and a 94 buyer speed figure. The buyer speed figure is too fit. I think the horse is fast enough. I'm looking for a little bit of value. I, I like Nautical Star, and I understand why uh, he's the five to two morning line favorite because, you know, he ran in a grade two, uh, the gallon Bob, um, you know, trained by Hartman, uh, previously trained by Safi Joseph. Landeros is a good jockey. So I get why he's five to two on the morning line. Um, I just wanted a horse with a little bit more value. I'm going to trust Asmussen and Vasquez at Oaklawn, especially. Um, and that's where I landed on the eight state in for half at four to one on the morning line. Yeah, and if you look at stayed in for half in advance, two, two races back, three races back, one of us is the favorite, which all was Ari on board. So certainly was well back that day uh, and a well thought of horse going into that race. I went just to the outside of that horse, and that's our Magnac, sixth one on the morning line, uh, formerly trained by Baffert. Uh, D Wayne now has uh, his reins, uh, a little bit of a blow, hasn't run since April, but. If you look at some of these past performances, consistently was the speed for a while. Tried the rate that didn't work. Um, I think that he he's runs he run he's running against Lesser here, and he's getting a freshening, training relatively well, training consistently. Uh, gelded adds Lasix yeah. here. Is some of his best races with Lasix. I think the six furlongs is where this horse wants to be. Um, and I, like I think the big thing here is I always like looking at running lines who this horse is competed against. And this horse finished behind Epicenter a couple of races back and, and, you know, some really good horses was the pace horse for, uh, in the Preakness when early voting, who we got beat by. Um, although did you have early I voting did. that day? I, I don't did. remember. I you did. did. So this is the horse you have to thank for early voting's win as he was the, the pace presence that early voting was able to stalk. Um, I, I think he's going to, you know, like the outside, I, I think he's going to get the trip, um, it just a lot makes sense here, and the price to me makes a lot of sense. A, relative, a really open race, six to one on the morning line. Our Magnac is my topic. I did like the horse you like, stayed in for a half um, as well. And I think you got to play Nautical Star here, who um, has been running consistently well. You know, didn't run particularly well in the stakes last out, ran really well in the Gallon Bob two back. So those are my three, but our Magnac, six to one on the morning line, my top pick. And uh, we talked about playing a pick three. I would certainly use the two we picked uh, as my two top choices. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and I would, if you want to add a little extra, just to cover yourself, uh, you know, I would definitely throw in Nautical Star in the race. Um, you know, a horse I, that I don't love and maybe surprise. I mean, shoot or shoot. I, I, you know, first off, I hate that phrase. Number two is uh, I don't really particularly like the horse. One for one at Oaklawn Park, but still. Uh, you're looking at a horse three to one on the morning line. Harvey Pack, the legend uh, of the Naira circuit, used to say you never bet 
Never been a favorite, something that he's never done before in the past. This horse has never won at six furlongs uh, on the dirt. Uh, you know, 0 for 4, uh, 3 to 1 on the morning line. That's a that's an example that I mentioned before of finding horses that uh, don't represent great value or that you think are horses that should not be 3 to 1. I could understand if shooters shoot based on the buyer speed figures in the past. If if he was five to one, I would never bet him at three to one. And if he's getting a lot of love on the board, I think that's something you could take advantage of to where somebody, maybe one of our horses, our Magnac or or my pick, the eight, um, run up uh, their odds, stated for half. All of a sudden, it goes from four to one to five to one, which would be exciting. Race nine at Oakland is the Tinsel, which is a two hundred thousand dollar. Uh, stakes race a mile and an eighth on the on dirt moves and I, I, I look another race middle of the pack horses but I think some horses with some promise considering they are three you know there are four-year-olds and um, running you know a lot of foundation war campaign strong quality sees the night speed bias who obviously has a lot of speed double crown Ardenwood and my pick on the outside is Dennington five to one on the morning line Julian Lepru, Kenneth Peak and I just think there's a lot of speed in this race. Ardenwood's got speed some speed. Bias. Um, speed bias certainly shows some speed. And, you know, I think that Dennington will, will get the setup that this horse needs. I think he'll like the idea of going a mile and an eighth. Um, has run okay at this distance. A lot of foundation this year. He's run 13 times as a three-year-old. And if you look going back to earlier this year, I mean, this horse ran behind Instinct Coffee, who was uh, an early Kentucky Derby favorite. Uh, two Phils who ran remarkably well in the Kentucky Derby. Um, lost to Arabian Lion. Uh, lost to Disarm, who a lot of people think is going to have a big 2024. We'll talk about that soon enough. Um, lost to Slip Mahoney, who I think was you and I, or you and both of our picks yes, in the Wood which Memorial. Was a terrible selection. <laughs> but the horse got better and ran, you know, won stakes races later in the year. So this is a horse that's competed against some of the best. Um, I think we'll get the perfect setup. Running well, training well good price uh, i know that julian lepru is can be goofy at times and and whatever and we know he's going to take this horse six or seven lengths wide, wide but if the race sets up for a closer i think it's going to make a lot of sense to pick this horse five to one in the morning line denning yeah uh, you know i went with another horse based on all of your logic about the fact that i think there's going to be contentious front end speed uh and i think it's going to set up for a horse coming off from off the pace um i lined down the one war campaign uh, four to one on the morning line for Phil Sims. Uh, I've never heard of the jockey before, Esquivel um, or Esquivel. Uh, never heard of him before or her before. But uh, but still, put that aside. Uh, I think if you look at it, um, first off, one for four at the distance. Look at the works at Keeneland. The last two workouts, December 9th, five furlongs at fifty nine. Best at the eighth bullet, December second at Keeneland, five furlongs at fifty nine and two or fifty nine and one. Best out of seven. Uh, I think this son of declaration of war is going to get some speed to run into. Everything that Monzo just mentioned. I'm looking for a horse to come off from the uh, come off the pace. Uh, I didn't get the you know I didn't dig uh, deeper in terms of value. Uh, I think I think four to one is good value for a horse that I think is number one in good form. Uh, buyer speed figures fit number two, number three training really well, uh, and breaking from the inside. And I think he sits off the pace and makes a run, uh, into that deep or long stretch at Oakland park. I'm going to on the one war campaign at four to one on the morning line. Now, I think if you use those two and a pick three, uh, and you want to add another horse, I think you got to make an argument for strong quality who 
uh, you know, it, it just excelled on the dirt last out. I know it was an off track, um, but uh, this horse has speed. We talked about there's a lot of speed in this race, but this horse has shown the ability to rate as well. So it could be very dangerous for Florentio Marcassi coming off 100 buyer in an optional claiming event at Churchill uh, last month. I know that was a uh, only a five horse race and it was an off track, but heavy favorite. Ran against some really good horses, but going back to what you said earlier, looking at a, an event last year, uh, Churchill Downs, this horse finished just behind War Campaign, so a uh, very competitive field here. I like those two. I like the the three that we just talked about in a pick three, but a, a really good race, and I think certainly a chance four to one, five to one to hit a little bit of a price. Yeah, I agree with you on strong quality. I, I just don't know. Um, I mean, if you go all the way back in terms of his dirt form before he he went to the turf and. Ran in the Manhattan and ran into the ran into the Arlington Million down in uh, down in Colonial. Um, you know, decent dirt form. You know, at Gulfstream Park, Churchill, Keeneland, Saratoga, well traveled, uh, strong quality. I understand five to two on the morning line. Tremendous human connections. When you look at Mark Cassie and Florent Giroux, there's no doubt about it. Second start off the layoff. The workouts have been good. The workout at the fairgrounds, December eighth, ninth best out of ninety two. Four furlongs at forty eight. Uh, I don't think the distance is an issue at all. Um, and I think it, you look at a horse that for Cassie and Giroux, uh, I think a real interesting one. So strong quality is probably the one I fear the most in this race. Uh, go to the inside, but I would include all three of our picks. Monzo talk. I'd include all three of the horses we mentioned. War campaign, strong quality, and then Dennington on the outside. Monzo's top pick uh, in my uh, pick three, late pick three at Oakland Park on Saturday. The finale Saturday, uh, race 10 at Oakland Park, a 6-4 long event, claiming a race $25,000. Um, this might be the most challenging of the three. Uh, we're looking at a sprint race here where there's no, in my opinion, and maybe you may feel elsewhere, I mean, I don't think there's any legit speed threat in this race. So who's going to get away? And I don't think Miss Piggy <laughs> at 20-1 to 1, coming off a couple of turf races – Canterbury is going to be your uh, speed presence here. No, I know. Uh, if you look all the way to the outside, fly like the wind, uh, has some speed, but it's coming all the way from the outside. So to me, what made this challenging was trying to figure out the pace well, scenario one way or another. Is, yeah. These horses are remarkably inconsistent. Right. Yes. But there's no also, you know, Kenny Pack, our buddy, talks about race flow. What's the race flow here? I mean, who's going to go? I, I have no idea. So sometimes you got to take a guess. I'm like, all right, who's going to go? Who's the horse that I think thinks that they're better than everybody and just going to go? I landed on Sassy Lass, who I think is just a horse that's hasn't been as much of a ham and egger as some of these other horses. It's my uncle Pete, God rest his soul, used to say. I mean, it's a cheap field. I mean, that's, yeah. It's a cheap I mean. <laughs> But this horse, <laughs> in, six, in six races, all at Oaklawn, on multiple services, has been okay. I mean, this horse has hit the board four out of six times, has won, has won at the distance. Um, you know, was training consistently, gets a little bit of a layoff here, comes back fresh against a very questionable field. You know, a horse for the course, you know, it just to me makes a little bit of sense there. So Sassy Lass will be my top pick and uh, five to one in the morning line. So I'm picking a lot of five to one, six to ones today. Sassy Lass, who I think might go to the lead or might just rate, but Either way, I think is an improving horse. Say five to one in the morning line uh, comes back here off the layoff makes a lot of sense for yeah, me. Yeah, I went all the way to the outside. Um, 
and I was between two horses. First off, I've never seen a horse, um, Tim Bavati. Take a look at that horse for a second. Do you see what Tim Bavati was sold for? $800. Like, I've never seen that before. Wow. Like, that's uh, now, uh, you know, Mar- uh, Ron Marquette uh, is the trainer, Vasquez uh, riding him. You go back to made an event two back, you, you know, with Bayerano aboard. Uh, one easily was odds on favorite that day at Oaklawn Park. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of confidence that Tim Bavati uh, does like the race, but uh, does like the track. Three races at Oaklawn, two on a fast track. One he ran really, really well. One he ran really poorly. Uh, didn't run. He ran okay in the mud three races back in a maiden special week. Uh, so Tim Bavati is interesting when when you look at it. But I went to the all the way to the outside, um, and I like fly like the wind. Uh, for Will Cal- for William Calhoun Torres aboard, uh, Rambo ran in the rainbow. Uh, out at Oaklawn Park, finished fourth that day, uh, beaten by two lengths, eleven to one. Uh, first start off a little bit of a layoff, consistent with the buyer speed figures, sixty-one, sixty-one, sixty-one. Workouts are okay, workmanlike, nothing special, nothing eye-opening or grabs your attention. Um, a uh, a daughter of Hightail out of Mineshaft, uh, out of a half hour's mare. Uh, I think uh, I'm looking for a horse, maybe a little bit of improvement. Uh, and a little bit of a step up. I'm going to go with the three-year-old daughter of Hightail. I'm going to go all the way to the outside with high with Fly Like the Wind, uh, seven to two on the morning line. Give me the twelve. You know, if you look at Tim Bavati's main performance, now that was January, almost a year ago at this point, that was a dominant performance. Oh, one by nine lengths, yeah, nine lengths, a sixty-five as the favorite in a relatively high-priced main race. Didn't return to that form and has been off since. But um, eight hundred bucks—that's even in the Moose's budget. So I mean, yeah, you could have, you could have owned a thoroughbred for eight hundred dollars. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that before? No, eight hundred. No, but if you look at Sassy Last, the horse that I picked was sold for a thousand bucks. So certainly, as you said, a cheap field. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, my uncle Pete—not to knock him—I mean, it's thoroughbred racing. It just is what it is. And what I mean by that is that. You know, you look at you look at you know the caliber of horses, and sometimes they can be remarkably inconsistent. What makes great horses is that they consistently run well, um, and what makes you know horses that run at specific rate, you know, specific, and this is not this is an optional claiming event that's worth one hundred forty thousand dollars. So it's not a cheap race; it's just a, a field that's loaded with inconsistent runners. And trying to find the one that Saturday is going to be their day at Oaklawn Park in Arkansas can be a little bit difficult. So um, I trust the human connections of the twelve fly like the wind. Uh, I think I think she's fast enough. Uh, I like that she's breaking from the outside. Hopefully Torres is able to work out a trip where she's not caught wide the entire race or going into the far turn and has to run. Uh, you know, uh, a longer race in order to try and win it. But that's where I landed on the 12. Three really good races at Oklahoma. Gave you picks for each one. My best pick is going to be in the tinsel. I really like the outside horse. Dennington, 5-1 to one on the morning line. Who's your best? Um, I mean, I'm in the same race. I I, I, I like the one war campaign. That's my top pick. So we're – but yeah, play that exacta. Monzo and I have been really good when we pick two horses and we both like them that they run one, two. Sometimes Monzo, more often than not, Monzo gets the better of me where his horse wins and my horse runs second. But still, uh, play that exacta in the tinsel at Oaklawn race nine on Saturday. 
Just got to go back to a real solution in the Apache. Oh my God, the Apache. Still stings. And then Mato, like every Arlington Million Day, sends me that video, texts me early in the morning. It's like the first thing I see in the morning is the day that real solution. They Apache crossed the finish line first, and then they took him down. Yeah, well, after set piece one this year, I'll never send you an Arlington Million video this year again after we didn't play set piece. Oh, set piece screwed us, yeah. Set piece who we, we were playing at like 8 to 5, 2 to 5, you know, and odds on, and then all of a sudden he goes out there and was on. What was he, 6 to 1? Rolling day? down the middle of the street. Rolling, flying like a rocket up his rear end. Moose, uh, enjoy the continued holiday season. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Yes, happy holidays. Like and subscribe. Guys, thank you for listening to our podcast each and every week. We enjoy talking thoroughbred racing. We enjoy being with you. And uh, thanks for supporting our podcast. We love it. All right. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.